What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Squirrels and Robots, episode 87, the alternate version. Why, alternate version? Yeah, we had a 25-minute long podcast recounting our journey of the last 20-plus years. And honestly, it was kind of a downer. And, oh, explain. Well, for the original podcast we created, we went through the crates, dug up our earliest concepts and such, and looking at all this old stuff, it was just a brutal reminder of just how little money and how many issues we had to deal with to get things off the ground at the time. The delays, missed opportunities, and all the years lost due to those financial constraints and issues. It was madness. Explain. Well, small example. Um, the creator of all this had a comic called Corporate America Rejected My Soul, which started out as an untitled school project in the early 90s and featured some early doodles of Jermaine when she was just called Crazy Unstable Neurotic Girl. That comic's early scripts were essentially the groundwork for Neurotically Yours. Okay, so as we were retelling the story, it was just, my god. We created this thing in, like, 94, right? Then revised it in, like, 97 when we finally got a computer, but still couldn't self-publish it until freaking 2000 because we didn't have money for copies or ink, because all our money was going to getting our freelance work off the ground, which just ended up being a big pile of rejection letters. And you know what? Fine. We used that time to refine those early scripts for the series, which, you know, eventually turned into Neurotically Yours, which, of course, was also delayed because we had no money, only to eventually save up enough money to run off copies, staple them by hand, and finally, release it on the day before 9-11. Wow, that does suck! Uh, but wait, then we started recounting the tale of the real-life person who visually inspired Jermaine. That was depressing. Then we recounted our journey into animation. Also, depressing. The trials of getting attacked by people online when we finally started to become slightly popular, which then had a spiral back into the bully days of high school, personal tragedies, lost love, broken relationships, and then back to the lost opportunities of growth because everyone ripped off our work, was reposting it on other websites, costing us about an estimated 700 thousand dollars over the course of 20 years then then back to the current youtube issues of guidelines and all that other stuff and coupled with physical ailments due to constantly working on all the things that are neurotically yours i mean all that crap resurfacing at once yo it's just way too much all right even for me okay i think the only way we survived the last 20 something years is by ignoring them okay so honestly, we just gotta keep moving, folks, okay? For those who have had messed up pasts, you kinda know it's better to not pick at the scabs. You know what I'm saying? And seriously, thank you all for supporting during this, because it's, it's the only reason we kept going and continue to do so. You know, knowing that people appreciate the work and that it did help some folks out there, 
and in turn has helped us as well. Well, I mean, come on, you know, I mean, give us a bit of info, you know, for the 20-something years that, you know, we've been around, you know, like something no one has heard about before. <laughs> okay, um, that old untitled comic book that we did for that school project in the early 90s eventually was called Corporate America Rejected My Soul, which was a play on the Morrissey song, Satan Rejected My Soul, off the album Maladjusted, which was a new release at the time, in 1997. Really? Yeah, right? Big surprise. The guy who created a morose goth girl who likes poetry is into a musician who's morose and sings poetry. Actually, kind of explains a lot. But, but why call it Corporate America Rejected My Soul? Because the creator of all this was constantly buried under rejection letters from publishers, newspapers, magazines, you name it. He was probably rejected by it. What a loser! And, you know, that's another thing. For those wondering why we didn't have money to make copies of comics sooner, look, he was so focused on trying to do freelance work, he spent whatever money he had putting together portfolios, mailing out mailers, postcards, and this was pre-internet for us, okay? Remember, we didn't have a computer until 97. We didn't even have cable TV till 2005. So when you promoted your work pre-internet, you had to create promotional material yourself. It was expensive. Now I can post your doodle on Twitter and potentially reach millions. Yeah, seriously. Imagine working retail for like $6 an hour, yet having promotional costs for your work be like $300 a month at least while paying rent. And you know, fine. I'll say he was a bit too idealistic as he was trying to launch a freelance career before even getting out of high school, okay? But he had an artsy style that was probably more sophisticated than it should have been for his age, and he had confidence in it. Well, until it was repressed by school instructors and art professors for being too weird. The only thing that seemed to click with people back then were those early music-based comic strips. Oh, for my records! I remember those! Yeah, that was literally his first win. If you can imagine. Um, for those who weren't alive in the late 80s or early 90s, music was immensely important to our cultural landscape. And a comic strip about a sarcastic record store clerk was very well received by folks who worked or frequented record shops. And record shops were everywhere in New York City. I mean, they were like the Starbucks of music. Within one mile, you could hit 20 stores easy. And while walking the record store mile, as it was called in New York, the creator used to drop off copies of early 4Y Records comic strips to the record store shops he frequented the most. Just about every week. You know, just to give the record store clerks a laugh. Yeah, they were crude looking by comparison to the later versions, but the wit was there and people appreciated it. Sometimes even sticking them to the walls or their registers, but again, recounting all this, it's kind of depressing because all those record stores are now closed. The person I bought my very first record from they're dead. And the importance of music in our cultural landscape is a pathetic joke. Maybe we should remember the good times? Question mark? Like? Oh, when we self-published our first Neurotically Yours comic. Yay. That was posted the day before 9-11. Next. Um, the first time 4Y Records was published in a professional magazine. How about that? Uh, we were excited until we showed co-workers and they thought it sucked. 
then acted passive-aggressive towards us because, apparently, you can't be happy for a co-worker getting a bit of success. Um, we, we had some merchant Hot Topic. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing some shirts on the walls, wanted to take a picture, and the Hot Topic clerk yelled at us that I wasn't allowed to take pictures. I have no pictures of that accomplishment now. Wow. I'm really surprised the creator didn't do that. Do you know who I am? Thing. Now, you know, dude, he is way too socially awkward and filled with social anxiety to do that. Okay? And that, in and of itself, is also depressing. But there were shirts in Hot Topic. Yeah, and some of them weren't approved by us, yet they pushed them out anyway. Kind of bittersweet. But whatever, okay? The thing is, taking stock of the past has just been a harsh reminder of how much more we could have done if we had the proper resources, and just how long things were delayed. And I'm not getting on supporters about that because they've done their share. I'm just talking about how society worked early on and just the obstacles we had in our life. You know, it is what it is. So please, supporters, don't think I'm getting on you. We would not be here still if it wasn't for you. Oh, you made plush. You made a plush. <laughs> they didn't look the way I really wanted them to. Wow, and here I thought Jermaine was the depressing one. Nah, look, all right. In all honesty, hey, we were able to survive all the losses because we didn't dwell on them. And fans were very supportive. When it came to those missed opportunities and struggles, we just kind of shrugged them off and kept going at the time, all right? But looking back on all of them at once, I don't really want to do that, you know? In the 20 plus years of creating artwork and all that other stuff, you know what? We did what we could within the parameters we had. And on the bright side... There's a bright side? Oh, please, show me the way. Look, look, we went through what we went through so others can have some content that helps them laugh or think. And I believe that when you get into art, it's more important how you can enrich the world rather than how you can profit from it. Or at least, that's how it should be in my idealistically warped mind. So, at this point, I'd rather just bury all that sad sack crap in a box and leave it for another generation to discover after I'm gone. Okay? Right now, we have work to do! Wait, so, so no birthday party? No presents? Look, hey, people have been plenty supportive with fun things, okay? And they have helped a lot, okay? Making it to 20 years is gift enough, okay? Um, we, we could get some cake at least. Oh, fine. Go get some cake. Hooray! Josie! Yes? Say what you need to about 20 years of neurotically yours and let's end this. I have nothing to say, as I was not introduced until well after the series was created. But, good job, I guess. Oh, God. Everyone, thanks for supporting and apologies if this is a bit of a downer. It wasn't meant to be, but reality isn't always fun, even on your birthday. Um... At least it wasn't 25 minutes long like the original version of this podcast. Well, hey, don't be a jerk on my arbitrarily and poorly picked birthday, okay? Alright, listen to me, right, listen. If September 10th is such a downer, I'll say you changed the date, at least to the first release of that Corporate America comic, where both you and Jermaine had cameos. Dude, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't count as we weren't officially paired together under Neurotically Yours. Yes, but... Dude, if we set anniversaries by a character's first appearance, we'd have to add another, like, seven years for Jermaine, another five years for me. All right, split the difference. All right, 26th anniversary. No! First issue, September 10th, 2001. It's not fun, but it's reality. That seems fair.
I have catalogued all known neurotically yours materials over the years, and neurotically yours number one is the first time both Fomi and Jermaine were paired together under the title. Thank you. However, oh. in addition, some very artsy drawings of the real-life goth girl that visually inspired Jermaine do exist from several years earlier, including some rough cartoon drawings that were used in that untitled school project, which eventually became Corporate America Rejected My Soul. The earliest known drawings of Fomi the Squirrel are from the mid-90s. What about me? Your first appearance was in the cartoon series, but small drawings date back to 1999. When the creator of all this drew a small comic strip of a squirrel stealing and then wearing Woody Allen's glasses in New York. Is that where I got these? <laughs> I want your glasses now. Oh, what? Do me, do me. Don't be gross. What? No, I mean, when's my first appearance? Your first appearance officially was in the cartoon series. But much like Pillsy, your origin started when the creator of all this made a comic strip of a punk band consisting only of squirrels. You were the lead singer. Really? I told you I was punk, right? I was, I am punk. Mm, yeah, great. Have a cookie. Also, early scripts of Corporate America Rejected My Soul would have eventually paired Fomi with the character Tia in the second issue. Yeah, yeah, people don't need to know about that, okay? Wait, we could have had a different human? Yeah, but she was a bland and depressed artist, okay? Who needs that crap? So, we went with the depressed goth girl poet instead? Uh, apparently. Perhaps one day, we can release all those early drawings for the masses? 30th anniversary, maybe? Yeah, we'll see, okay? Question. How does it feel to be old? Hey, we're not old, alright? We leveled up. So, suck it. Isn't that Jermaine's job? Well, I mean, that kind of depends on the series, love. Right. To tell the truth, I miss the lewd Jermaine cartoons. I rewatch them with the audio muted so the social commentary doesn't interfere with the feels I get when watching her jiggly flesh bounce around and get covered in... Okay, let's wrap this up, Josie! Yes? Shut down until next podcast! Oh, come on, I was just making a joke. Get a sense of humor, bro. And with that, be well, stay smart, and thank you all for the support. Yes, it is appreciated! Oh, hello? Wait, wait, hold on. I have Hatta on the phone. Oh, now you ask me to call. Oh, fool me the screw. Get your 20th anniversary. Let's get the Hatta in here and be like, oh, happy birthday. It's your birthday. I don't care. Okay? I am stuck in England. There are germs. There are viruses everywhere. They won't let me go. I can't leave the country. I am stuck here. And now I got to go to the doctor once again because somebody sneezed in my general direction. Cover your mouth. I swear that is a hate crime at this point. Yeah, it's good to hear from you too. Happy birthday, yourself. <laughs> oh, well, at least we know he's alive. Um, folks, thanks for helping us navigate and overcoming the multitude of obstacles thrown at us over the last 20 plus years of our life. We can only hope we helped some of you do the same. Thank you. Be well, stay smart, eat cake. I told you, I was punk. Nay, I am punk. Oh my god.